All right, welcome to another episode of Inside Flicks. My name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. This is a movie discussion podcast, and in this episode, we're going to review No Sudden Move. It's the new HBO Max original film from uh, Steven Soderbergh. And uh, let me play a clip. Here's a clip from the trailer. You said a man wants to see me. Alley Outback. Can't come in here. What is he, white? Oh, boy. So what's the score? We're sending a man that works in an office to pick something up. You are part of a babysitting team watching his family while he does it. Good morning. Everything is normal, except... What do you want? Is that something you'd say? Normal Monday? I'm gonna shoot you right now. Can I go home now? Wait at the house after. What do you mean after? Right off of you. What is going on? What's going on, big guy? Yeah, what are we doing? We're following instructions. Are you helping me or are you not helping me? No, 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 no. Thank you. Set up, man. All right, uh, Rich, uh, start it off with uh, with the cast. Tell us a little bit about the cast here. Don Cheadle stars alongside Benicio Del Toro, David Harbour, John Hamm, Amy Simons, Ray Liotta, Kieran Culkin, Noah Jupe, Bill Duke, and Brendan Fraser. All-star cast for uh, director Steven Soldenberg. Um, who, who's the writer of this? Ed Sullivan. Bill and Ted writer. Yeah. He also wrote Men in Black. But uh, he but he worked with Steven Soderbergh before for the HBO miniseries um, Mosaic. Oh, also, okay. uh, Soderbergh, Soderbergh uh, helped him get uh, the third Bill and Ted movie greenlit. I think Soderbergh even produced it. Oh, okay, okay. So they've been kind of like work. They have a working relationship now for a yeah. while. Yeah. Uh, Rich, what's the synopsis? What's the official synopsis for this movie? Well, according to IMDb, it's a, a group of criminals are brought together under mysterious circumstances and have to work together to uncover what's really going on when their simple job goes completely sideways. A Don Cheadle and Benicio de Toro kind of play small town crooks. And mm-hmm. this is in 1955 Detroit. And kind of the movie kind of follows these two bit thieves as they become entangled in a web of political deception and conspiracy after, you know, being hired to steal these secret files. It's kind of a MacGuffin. We don't really know what's this about until until the end. Until then, we we learn a little bit more about what's going on. But um, let me just start by saying that I think this is a very decent crime movie has a really strong script here that I I think it actually has a bigger meaning about Mm -hmm. the structure of corruption and crime. And I think this really is a comment on how we recognize crime in our society. You know, and it it is a kind of like a, uh, who can you trust? Who done it? Caper. It's a lot of different little crime things. It's a very much a, a retro throwback or whatever you want to call it to those crime film noir films of the 50s and 40s uh i really enjoyed it Uh, it, although i want to say that um i I think because steven soderbergh is you know still experimenting with a lot of things this movie kind of feels like a like a student film in a way but it's yeah a, he does that um he does that panning thing right it's like he uses a, for a certain lens yeah he, he's using a fish eye lens why is he doing that <laughs> i well, don't know he, I, that's, that's, he, that's, that's, he, 
I think he fe- uh, it felt like he wanted to make it look like a, the 1950s or whatever. Like you're you're watching the film through a, a an old tube TV. Oh, and, and you got that. You know, you look at the old tube TVs. You know, you see that they're warped yeah. differently. Yeah, I think it felt if, uh, uh, that's the feel that he wanted to give to the movie. But he only does it when characters are like walking or no. Panning, that's that's, right? that's where they all, always stand out. It's, it's throughout the whole movie. Oh, okay, it's only when he pans right to left or or left to right. But it, if you see the corners on on, on most of the film, it's all black, just like it's, it's black uh. from corners. So it, it's the it's 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 sim- it's a lot similar to an old type you know old type of tube tv tube tv i was so invested in the performances i didn't see the corners <laughs> well i i thought it was more like a spy glass yeah which i but, thought i thought maybe you know the people are were spying spying on these people and it feels like maybe more claustrophobic in that sense but i i uh, well, whatever to me it's a gimmick <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like i said it's it still feels like a bit of a, a of a student film a very good student film but i i kind of wish that he had maybe approached this with more an artistic kind of style uh, where, but it's kind of, it's kind of like mank you know how how dave fincher wanted to do some kind yeah, of but, you know but i think dicky stuff you know but, <laughs> but but this is like like a half-assed version. Of yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, I think it, this is he. I think the direct. I think Steven Sildenberg still feels like he's experimenting and doesn't really have an, a real idea on why he's doing this. He just wants to do it. But but uh, but, the, but his direction overall is still really really good. And the yeah, cast. I yeah. mean his his direction with the cast is phenomenal. The screenplay, I, I think, is actually a lot better than you're giving it credit for. I think the screenplay for this movie is very good. I think it's actually probably. The best screenplay that we've we've seen accounted all year. Mm-hmm. I think my previous favorite screenplay of the year so far this year was probably um, the White Tiger, mm-hmm. and I think I like the screenplay for this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a uh, yeah. I think I think it's a very uh, good screenplay, and I really like you know how what it everything you know what it all ends up being about in the end, the MacGuffin, yeah. the whole reveal, and I yeah. think it was a little bit earlier than the third act. But once we get to that, I thought. Oh, there's actually a, a meaning to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's more. It's more than just an entertaining movie with a bunch of great performances. There's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is not a Guy Ritchie movie where there's a bunch of bad guys killing other bad guys in you know like a barrage of, of bullets. This is more kind of like this is this is like something this bigger. This isn't. Um, yeah, this isn't the gentleman. <laughs> yeah, this is something bigger. This is saying that these bad guys, these small time crooks, you know, because like Cheadle and. And, and DeToro are playing stick-up men, basically. Mm-hmm. And th- this movie is trying to say that that's what you know these guys are. These are small-time crooks. These are small-time compared to the corruption and crime of wealthy corporate assholes who have you know a tremendous amount of influence and power. And so, in a lot of ways, it, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of Parasite because Parasite has like this. <laughs> it's a story about family, a family of con artists. But it's really about the class divisions between the, the rich and poor, and I think no sudden moves or no sudden move explores the same idea, where small time crooks need to hustle like hell to gal the situation that they're in, yet corporate executives who are just as shady or even even more corrupt doesn't need to move an inch. It's almost like it's given that they're untouchable in the eyes of the law. And I think that's what's so interesting about this script, this screenplay by um, Ed Solomon, by the guy who wrote (laughs) Bill and Ted, you know? So uh, Rich, what's your thoughts on no sudden move? Yeah. Like you, I, I, I I did enjoy this film, but um, I, 
I do enjoy uh, sort of. It's not. I don't think it's Soderbergh's best film. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, he has I think, so many movies. Though. Yeah, I know, but uh, of this genre, I still like. Uh, to me, his best film is probably um, Out of Sight, and that's the same sort of like genre kind of thing. It's, it's more it's, like a kind of a play type of movie, though. I guess so, though. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean. The Limey's great also as well, and uh, um, but it, it has been a while since I've seen, because I, I last saw his uh, Let Them All Talk, and uh, that, this is, it's, it, it's, That's yeah. the last one? That's with the Meryl Streep? Right, and uh, I'm glad he's going back to this, this direction, <laughs> that's for sure. I have to watch that one. Yeah, that's a more just a this conversational drama. Uh, it's actually not that bad, but it's, 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 it's a slow burner. That movie. This one felt felt a little bit more like, um, you know, not as good as Jackie Brown, and not as good as like even Get Shorty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it it's still cool. It's still good enough for me. Uh, Raymond, you got any anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, like, I guess let's let's talk about the cast a little bit because there's so many people in here, and um, I got to be careful also about talking about some of the cast members because I feel like a lot of them are kind of like saved for reveals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me point <laughs> like a out- lot of the, like the crime, like a lot of the cr- upper upper people in the crime lo- crime world and stuff, or or not even the crime world, but some just just some of the upper corporate uh, world, up, the corporate world, yeah, upper <laughs> corporate world, yeah. Uh, uh, well, let's talk about Don Cheadle because I think Don Cheadle. I would say Don Cheadle is the main star of this movie. He, or yes, at least he has the more screen time, and yeah. I, I thought he was doing a really good job. He, he's he's playing a character here is that it's not something we have seen him before i mean this is not something that he has done before he's doing something different here what's your thoughts i thought he was solid um he carried he i mean he, he has to like pretty much carry the movie but for me uh he he was kind of like one of the performances that you know elevates everyone else's performance mm-hmm. i thought he uh he brought the best out of everyone else but uh, he wasn't a standout for me it's oh. a very good performance from him but he he wasn't a standout for me okay who's the standout for you then um i pretty pretty much everyone else i oh. mean, I, I thought <laughs> benicio del toro dave oh. david harbour um even uh kieran culkin i thought was fantastic uh, noah jupe um I, everyone i thought was really great uh <laughs> Uh, Julia Fox is basically playing, playing the same character that she played in um, uh, um, Uncut Gems. Yeah, uh, Ray Liotta, you know, he makes a small uh, part. Well, here. I thought that was kind of like a surprise. Oh, is that a surprise? <laughs> I thought. I well, for me, it was. Oh, okay, oh, um, I yeah. think I mentioned him, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, I maybe, him. maybe yeah. you did. All right, <laughs> we mentioned him already. Well, yeah, he's in the movie. He's great. <laughs> he's great in the movie. It's one uh, of his better performances in a while. I I agree with David Harbour. I think he's probably the better actors in the movie. He, I mean, at least the, the way he's acting, he is because this really feels like a stage play to me. This like mm-hmm. this feels like an acting piece. There's a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of scenes in one room where characters are interacting with each other, and I think David Harbour because he's you know he has a stage history or stage background. He plays that up very well in this movie, and he has some great scenes with uh, Frankie Shaw. Who's this, the actress Frankie Shaw? She she's really good. They're playing well together, um, and uh, I think I just wish that everyone was playing that. I wish this was more kind of satirical in that sense, like, or at least yeah. a little more broader. Because I don't know, man. I you know, look, I love Benicio del Toro, 
And, you know, like, I really love him, but I'm just kind of tired of his James Dean impressions all the time, you know? he like, like That's his default setting. Like, I'll just play James Dean and everything. And I wish this, I wish that character that he's playing was more fleshed out or a little more dimensions into it. I, I had so much fun watching him, but I think it's a, a lot of that has to do with the fact that I haven't seen him in something in such a long time. And I think for me, it was just like, man, I forgot how great Benicio Del Toro can be. Like, he, this guy's just... He brings some, a, a lot of energy to the movie, and um, well, he de- he definitely, I like them line it. Yeah, he definitely have a, has a presence. He has a presence on screen. He's he, but I think he a lot of times he goes to that default setting where he's just doing the eyebrows and the the pompadour hair thing, mm-hmm. and he lets that work. And I, I just to me, it feels James Dean type of Marlo Marlon Brando type of thing, but, uh, but it's also fitting for the character. Yeah, I mean, I ju- I just wish everyone was more, a little bit more like David Harbour or maybe even Don Cheadle because they were actually playing up the scenes. I wish it was a little more broader. I mean, I think – look, I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I really like this movie a lot. I just think Steven Soderbergh was – like I said, he's experimenting still. And I think uh, the actors just were kind of just playing around. It didn't feel like there was like an, a, a really kind of established – artistic method that or thought that went into this and i think the screenplay was that good that it needed that um but i don't know what's what's your thoughts rich no yeah i mean it it's it's a good movie but yeah like i said it's it's it it's got that elmore leonard feel but it um it's it's just not as good it's it's uh it i really wish some most of the uh um there was more character development on some of them Hmm. and and, um i like these you know getting away with it type films Mm -hmm. and um i just wish it was a little bit better done and yeah and the the fish eye (laughs) it was a little distracting do you think that was the acting part of it or was that the directing part i mean why was it because it did for me it felt a little I don't know. Too cold? Maybe it's a little too cold. You know. Well, I think I think I think you were right, but we said earlier on that that the movie was going for a play feel because I remember Mm. actually, um, like the first maybe twenty minutes of the movie, I was like, man, this really just this feels like you're just watching a play, like a cinematic play in a Mm -hmm. way. Uh, As it went on, though, um, I I felt that less because there was a lot of like locations and a lot of like, you know, characters like going to place to place and just uh, but but still, once you got past that in the end of the day, kind of like you were saying earlier, it was still just a bunch of characters talking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, So I, I, I think the movie was going for like a play vibe in a way. I think I think that's intentional. And and um. I was shocked when you told me that it was it was shot during the pandemic too because it, it was shot like last I want to say October uh like not that long ago. Mhm. And it feels it feels like kind of like uh um you know there's no close connection to anybody, you know, you know it, and it feels a little empty too and like the ba- there was no really big background players or black yeah, background and, and, actors you know it feels like you know like we like we were saying that's a couple people in one room type of movie yeah no yeah well it, luck you like luckily, you said it was it was a minimal um uh, uh crew because you said Soderbergh even, even took a took a, uh, a pseudonym name to do the uh, cinematography on on it as well yeah he's 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 a, he's been like the cinematographer for a lot of his films okay and then he uses that name i forgot what's uh, peter andrews is that it um uh, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, like 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 the last couple of movies, you know, he directed a couple of iPhone movies. <laughs> he has he has he is also the cameraman in a lot of his movies. So, well, I thought he only did that stuff for Netflix. So uh, that's not well, you know, I guess so. I maybe since no, uh, uh, one of his iPhone movies went to theaters. Yeah, he's been doing that for a while. I mean, he, like I said, he's it still feels like he's experimenting. And he, he's the guy who said, "Yeah, I'm going to retire." Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I think to him this counts as retirement because uh, this is an HBO Max movie. It's not like a theatrical release, so I think for him it doesn't count as like mm-hmm. as 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 him coming back. And um, I think also him experimenting and making it like a play also gives him an excuse. Like it's not really you know me but coming back. <laughs> he has he has called this a movie, not a film. So I don't know what that you know what that means. <laughs> Movie, not a film. Well, uh, he's he, he said the last film. I think he was on Mark Marin the other day, and he said the last film he directed was Shay. That's what he's considered his last kind of art house film, and everything since then was, has been movies. So I guess. Well, I think everything everything since then has also been digital. No. Yeah. I, well, I think Shay was digital too. He's been like he was like was one. Of the, yeah, I think so. I think he's one of the first ones to really kind of jump on the digital. Uh, camera thing but i mean i would say i would say the cinematography here though it's it's pretty decent it's pretty good but i think he could like it he could have pushed it a little bit more with the lights and the move this movie really reminds nah. me, oh, I, I think it could have been more darker more kind of uh silhouettes he could have played with the silhouettes of people uh doing more um like um Noir, noir. Oh yeah, film noir. He could have played the film noir look up a little bit. I mean, this reminds me of those great films. Uh, the the cinematographer John Alton and his well, his films like well, The Tea Man. Well, I think you're right though. But to do something like that, I think he would have had to hire an, an actual cinematographer. Well, maybe, maybe he should have. I mean, that's how I think that's how good the script is. It could have this could have been like a really kind of Oscar contender. Uh, the way he approaches with this, this is just like a really strong film. It just, uh, but, yeah, that's that's one of the interesting things about Warner Brothers right now with their screenplays, right? I mean, because I feel like the best screenplay that Warner Brothers produced last year was the Hugh Jackman movie um, Bad Education, and that is that went straight to HBO. Didn't qualify, you know, for. For oh. an Academy Award oh, yeah. nomination, and then uh, once again, I think this is probably going to be the best screenplay they produced all year, and it's a stream straight to streaming movie. Didn't even not even a day and date. Yeah, yeah. To to bring back to the cinematographer John Alton, he is the guy who did T. Uh, T Men, which is a very good uh, film noir film. I, I like back in the day, I I. I purchased a DVD with all with um, all his work, like T Man, Raw Deal, and He Walked by Night. This was all the films with the cinematographer John Alton and directed by Anthony Mann. Uh, this was a, like uh, like he, John Alton is the go to guy for a film noir look for the look. And I think if this would have been like that, this is hands down one of the best films of the year. So uh, the way it stands as now, it's it, this is a really strong movie that I love. I love the screenplay. I think it says a lot about you know, like I said, the structure of uh, the corruption and, and crime and, and how we see it. You know, we got I, really good performances. So I, I can't. I don't hate it. I don't hate this movie at all. I just think that it could have been like one of the one of the best films of the of last couple of years. You know, but as is, it's like well, a, a, a I, well, good, in that in that regard, I. 
in that regard, I do agree with you. I do think this could have been a better movie, but Steven Soderbergh's really kind of like he's he he's in this like film student mind. He's been yeah. in this film student yeah. mind for the past decade or yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's funny because like he's been in, he had that mindset throughout the entire '90s, and then out of during the 2000s, he grew out of it, and now he's back to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, and also you know what? To be to be honest, that's what makes. Steven Soderbergh, Steven Soderbergh, he, the the way he's willing to experiment and the way he's willing to learn about things and learn about techniques and, and, and yeah, but the experiments that he's doing are like you know fisheye lens and <laughs> like it, and he and like and look, I think he's a good cinematographer. I think he did a solid job. But I hearing you talk, you you are right. I mean, the cinematography <laughs> in this movie could have been better, and yeah. and with better cinematography, it would have elevated the movie, but. He he has to do it now because I mean he's in his film school mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rich, you got any thoughts? No, I mean that this is just 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 a decent job from Steven Soderbergh, and I really hope he stays in this direction. Okay, and not not yeah. I think know. he has a. I think he's working on with Apple TV next. Maybe I can't remember, but I think he has a couple more contracts with different people. He's he's been working with Netflix for a while. Now he has moved to HBO Max. He's a guy who kind of like goes where, where the wind blows him. You know, mm-hmm. now that's what makes him such a, a versatile director or filmmaker. Really, uh, let me just point out really really something really quick. I think the production design in this movie is beautiful. I think this was a really gorgeous looking production. The, the, yeah, that's believable. Yeah, the 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 sets and all the that. sets were astounding, astounding for for what it is, and, and for just you know, it, it felt like. I mean, I I don't know what Detroit looks in the fifties, but it felt like it. I mean, the, the the way they picked the locations, the way they picked the houses, the the set designs. It's done by a, a woman, Hannah Beechler, and she she was the first African American uh, Oscar winner. And she won it for Black Panther. She also did Moonlight and Creed. And uh, I think this was a, like I said, really great production design from from her. And um, yeah, so I just want to point that out. Okay. Yeah. uh, Another set like this was King of the Hill. I mean, I think that King of the Hill is one of his best movies. um, Steven Soderbergh? Yeah. um, That's that's one of his best movies uh, in his earlier, earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the Depression era. Yeah. All right. So let's get to uh, our grade. How would you grade this, Rich? I just give it a solid B. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I would give this a solid B too. I think it was a, a well worth a recommendation. It is a re- very strong film. You got really good performances by Don Cheadle, David Harbour. I really liked uh, Amy S- Samets. Is that how you say it? Amy Samets, Samets, Yeah, she she plays David Harbour's wife. I thought she was really good as as a you know it's borderline a caricature, but it also feels very real. You know, I, I liked her performance, and um, yeah, so yeah, uh, I, I thought she was really good. Uh, Raymond, what was your grade? What, 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 how would you grade No Sudden Move? Okay, I'm I'm also giving it a B. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think it's. I was actually going to give it a B plus originally, but I, I do think you actually pointed out. Uh, I, I think you were right about, about a lot of things you pointed out, like in that this movie could have been like maybe one of the best movies of the year had Sonnenberg maybe not experimented so much and actually tried to make this the best movie it could be. Yeah. And um, 
but I, I still think it's good enough for a B. Yeah, yeah. The script is that good, I say. And Ed, Ed Solomon deserves uh, some recognition for the for his work. It's a really good script. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, so that was it for this episode. Uh, Rich, if people want to hear our, our past episodes, where can they go? Uh, they can let's, they can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And they can find all our links at InsideFlix.com. All right. Thank you for listening to Inside Flicks. We'll be back with a new episode, hopefully sooner than later. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>